You are listening to 118 of the Africana Woman podcast, Married But Single with Chishimba Chibwe. My name is Chulu, your host. Let's go. Hello, beautiful. We are back, sis. I am so excited. Africana Woman is in season five. Like, what? (laughs) What? Okay. How have you been? I missed you so, so, so much. How have I been? Well, I am going through what some would call a level up. And lady, it can be very painful (laughs) if you're not ready to face your fears, confront behaviors that cannot come with you anymore on the journey. The process of becoming is beautiful and challenging at the same time. I believe that's why the theme in season five is one of evolution, rebranding, leveling up. Yeah, it's got to be good. Now, before we jump into today's conversation, I hope that you have heard by now, like by now you should know this, okay? Africana Woman is having our first ever festival on 2nd to 3rd August 2024. I'm going to say it again. 2nd to 3rd August 2024. Save that date. Start booking flights, trains, bus tickets, all roads lead to Lusaka, Zambia for the Africana Woman Festival. I'm talking about bringing all our communities together, the visionaries, the book club, the podcast listeners, blog lovers, and every other woman in between. Ah, Some of the highlights include a cocktail, live podcast recording, a food market, workshops, a concert, and immersive experiences. Girl, (laughs) I wish you could see what was in my head. All I'm saying is this is going to be the best event of the year. Okay, so sign up for our wait list so as you are the first to know all of the updates. You're going to get first access to the early bird tickets and stand a chance to win giveaways, okay? Check the show notes for the link to join our waitlist or go to africanawoman.com. Guys, get on the waitlist. So now that we are on the same page, let's get started with the first episode of season five. Enjoy. Chishimba Chibwe is a 40-year-old mom living in Canada. She is a registered nurse, personal support worker, and certified shelter support worker. She is also a counselor in HIV and AIDS. She has worked with USAID in Zambia under an HIV project. She has supervised key population programs under AART, and she also volunteers in different organizations as well as help helping the less fortunate. Chishimba was country director for Hope for Her Global, 
which is aimed at women's empowerment. She has a passion for helping those in need, and her particular interest is in abused women and children. Guys, please help me welcome Chishimba to the Africana Woman Mike. Hi. Hello, how are you? I'm good. I'm good, girl. So just disclaimer here, guys, please. So Chiba and I go back like way back. Okay. So we went to high school together and it yeah. So we did we did the whole five years together. Hey. So yes, we did. grade eight to grade twelve at Fatima Girls. Guys, shout out to Fatima if you're listening to this. If you're a Fatimanian, shout out to you. And yeah, so it's really nice to have somebody who is, you know familiar you know from those interesting times but hey um i'm very excited to get into this conversation guys um we are all mothers we're all um you know we all have lots of responsibilities so if you hear some backgrounds sounds don't even worry okay <laughs> so don't worry about that part all right shimba what is your favorite childhood memory my favorite childhood memory would be, I think, spending time with my late father. He would always take us out in the, over the weekend. He had, like, every month when he got paid, he would take us out to the boating club in Muflira. He, he would always take us, like, for a joyride somewhere. I think those are my favorite childhood moments because I, I've, I've tried to pass that on as well to my children because that's one thing that... I hold dear and I I really my father was very busy he was a workaholic like me so that was the time that we really got to talk about things if you want to gossip against your mom <laughs> that's the time <laughs> that's like you know if he wants to buy you off if he wants information from you you know we're young we we're doing it because we we're naive right but that was it was it was it, it, it was just there was something special about it he would take you for for ice cream or we'll drive all the way from Ndola to, or, I mean, to, to Muflira to Ndola before we moved to Ndola for the time they have, there was like, um, steers would come and buy steers, like little things, but then he would take us to Chingola where he grew up very poor. So he would take us back to Chingola and then he would have us, um, see where he grew up from and the schools that he went to and stuff like that. So it was always, there was always something special about it. And I remember that because, when I grew older, even when I was independent, the last time that he was well before he started getting sick, it was more like he was saying goodbye to me. Um, we went for, to Chingola to see his family, and then we went, we came back, and that was that was like the last trip we ever took together. From then on, he started ailing until we lost him. So that's special to me. So I love road trips. I love Aww. road trips. So sweet. Yeah. I love that. So you were daddy's girl, eh? Very daddy. Yeah, he used to call me Vasi. I'm the only one I think was entitled. My I, I don't I wasn't the favorite, but I was daddy's girl. He used to call me Vasi. I never used to call him dad. And then because I was so huge and big, right? When we went into grade eight, um I remember there was an incident where I was with my dad, and my dad would always hold me like by the waist and stuff like that and someone called my mom and said 
Oh, your, your husband is going to say it. My mom said, what is the site you're wearing? Then they said, A, B, C, D. But like you, that's the daughter. Like I grew up, you know, when you go to body school, then you come back and you become, you. It's, I don't know what they were feeling as in Fatima, but you become twice your size or taller or there's something that changes that if people haven't seen you in a long time, they will assume that was, that was very funny. Very, very funny. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, so I was that somehow, because we were four girls, and he was very protective, and he always said, um, I want, I'm very strict with you, not because I don't love you, but because I love you, and because I know what it takes for a woman not to be independent, and I know he came up from a big family of 13, so there were 13, and there were only five guys, so he was very protective over us, and he always said, I want you to be strong, I want you to be independent, I want you to know your value, so he always, and he always said, learn from what I tell you, and not my mistakes, so we had that close relationship. My dad was very funny. He always tried to be a friend, but when he was a father, whoa, when he wore his father hat, <laughs> I got the worst beatings. I got the worst beatings. The worst beatings. So how, I'm sorry that you, you lost him. How old were you? And that was the unfortunate thing. I was pregnant with my daughter. I was six months pregnant, so it was very traumatic for me. Uh, I was 25 when we lost him, and he never got to see any of his grandchildren. That's the saddest part of it all. That's That really told me so much. That that's, that, that broke me a lot mm. at 2009, and then that's the time that I got into my marriage, and then I lost my dad, and then... Um, I was pregnant and and what what actually happened was that throughout my pregnancy, every time my, my dad was in hospital, I was rushed to the hospital. We were just and then and then unfortunately again, he died when I was in South Africa. And that day, um on my way, he was at Dollar Center Hospital, on my way to the airport. I was late and I'm not late. I'm one person who's very time conscious. And for some reason, I just couldn't get my 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 stars aligned that day. I was I was late to go to the airport and I looked at him and I said, should I go in? Should I risk it? You know, I had like, if I go in, I'm going to have two hours to check in and I was heavily pregnant. Should I go in? Should I not? Should I go in? Should I not? And then I said, I'll come and see him when I come back. And then I called my mom. I remember I said, mom, should I come and see should I, do you think I should, and then she says, no, you know, I said, I, I just feel like I have to cancel this trip. Like I really have to cancel this trip. And then mom said, Again, if you cancel and maybe we lose your dad, you'll be so guilty because um, he. I was actually going to South Africa to go and try and get some medications from him. And for him, he had a liver problem. So my mom said, again, if you cancel, you'll be guilty. You're going to say maybe if you had gone to South Africa and brought the medication, he would have been there. So either way. It's a win. It's it, You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. So what is your intuition telling you? And. I, I I went there, even though I was traveling, I was in two places, but I did go. And then on the second day, I called my mom on the 11th of November. In the morning, I napped off. You know, when you're pregnant, you nap everywhere. So I, I, I woke up, had my breakfast, and then I had my nap. And then I dreamt of my dad coming. He used to drive a white Hilux. He came in, he loved yogurt. 
And so every time he'd come, because I used to live near Chilanga Cement and he was the managing director for Chilanga Cement. So every time he would drive in, I, I always run to his car. I was still, his, like you're saying, as a little girl, now I admit it. And I'll take a yogurt to him and he would carry it and he'd go and then he'd go for work or after work. You'd always pass through once in a while. And so that day, I gave him yogurt in my dream and he turned, he looked at me and he got in the car and then he just went. He didn't say anything. And he had lost a lot of weight when he was sick. But in that dream, he was like back to my dad when I was young. That's the memory I had. And when I called my mom, every time I'd call my mom that day, there would be a total silence. And then they would sort of like, they'll prepare themselves in the background and then they'll pick up the phone. Because remember, I was heavily pregnant and I was high risk anyway. And so 1530, that day he died. And I called mom. Again, I called mom around 5 p.m. I said, mom, I called mom and she would take long to answer. And I just said, you know what? I know dad died in the morning. Don't lie. And then my mom now started yelling. So what's crying? Like the time I was calling in the morning, he was actually on oxygen. He was fighting for his life and stuff like that. And I told mom. And then my mom started crying. said, who told you? Who told you? No one was supposed to tell you. Like you're alone in South Africa. Who told you? My mom started panicking. I said, he told me. And then she said, what? I said, he told me. She said, what? I said, he told me how who told you like are you crazy what i said i knew it with well, the moment i had that dream i even told the person i was with in the same room i said my dad's gone it's either he's going today or he's gone but i know that I, i'm not going to find my dad when i get home and that's that's how i knew so that's how he passed and then the following day i couldn't get a flight back and i had to travel um on the fourth day on the fourth day, that's when I had to travel. And I remember I wept. The moment I got, I was strong. I didn't cry. In South Africa, I did cry that moment. They confirmed that he was dead. And then I just got back to myself. But the moment I got on that plane all the way until the airport, until I was, my husband picked me up from the airport all the way to my room, all the way to the funeral house, I couldn't stop crying. I just couldn't stop crying. And everyone was like, you're pregnant. Don't cry too much. There was that pain. There was nothing that you could tell me. There was nothing that anyone can say that was going to take it away. I just, I couldn't. It was hard, but yeah, that's how we lost him. Eleventh November. That was three days ago, girl. Yeah, mm. it was. So it was. I, you know, I talked to a lot of people. Um, who have lost their parents and there's something about when that day comes like even let's say you you've kind of like forgotten the actual day but it's like your body remembers you know that I mean? yeah. way you're kind of yeah. like you're just off that day and then when you look at the calendar you're like oh okay now I yeah no, that has happened and then the funny thing is there was a guy you should date i was mentioning for the podcast but there was a guy you should date who was killed and then he was the day he was murdered is the date of my ex-husband's birthday. So it's it was it was hard to celebrate because he was murdered. He was he was not he did he wasn't sick, he was murdered on that day. And even for him, I think I get to know it. For him, I was in college and then I remember it was 0045, 20th of July. And 
a friend, his cousin, who was my friend, called me and he said, and the, th the first thing that came out of my mouth, I said, so-and-so is dead. And then he goes, what? Who told you? I said, I know. He said, how? How do you know? I don't know. People will find me weird. I said, I just had this dream, which was so weird. And I don't know. In the dream, he died. Like someone killed. He said, yeah, he was actually shot. Um, like four hours before he died on the operating table. And that's how we lost him. And every time I talk about it, or that day comes, I would try to celebrate my husband's birthday. And then I would try to mourn. I hated that day because the feelings were so mixed. It was bittersweet, bittersweet, bittersweet. There were times I would block myself private and then I would come back and laugh about it. But it was bittersweet. It's the same thing as the saying with my dad. Um, every time I think about it, I have not seen my stomach. I feel like I'm pregnant again. I don't know if that makes sense, but I have not seen my stomach. And usually on that day, I'm just off. Like I remember three days, three years after he passed, my sister called me and said, Chimajuna today is that memorial. Because we've always communicated about it like, oh, dad, tomorrow is memorial. You're preparing something or, you know, there's just something. But that year, the third year, it was so silent. And then I told that I think there's something, you know, I've been wondering what's going on. Like, why why am I off? I'm absent-minded. I'm losing things. I'm, something's just off. It's like someone's tapping you on the shoulder and saying, hey, hey, this is my day. This is my day. And then my sister said, oh, I said, oh, no, it's, it makes sense. Now it makes sense. Something's just not right somewhere. And yeah, it's true. They do, they they do give you a signal, or you do get to something. But you you feel something strange and off, no matter how. I mean, that's why they say tears may dry, but memories are always going to be fresh. It's so hard, but yeah, mm -hmm. that's that's life. Yeah. yeah. So, how old were you when you got married? I was officially on paper. I was 26, but I'd been with him since I was 21. That's a long yeah. time. That's a long time. Okay. Quite a long time. Yeah, okay. And I mean, at this stage, you already informed us that you had divorced. Um, I'm going through a divorce, so not yet divorced. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Ex-husband, yeah. still going through But I say ex-husband because I know that the process has already begun, so. And I know it's like so much though, but anyway, in as in a simple way that you can explain what happened from you know having that relationship at 21 years old, getting married at 26, 29, which year? 26? 26. 26. Officially and on now, paper, just 26. Yeah, and now being in the process of divorce. What changed? A lot changed. Um, I, one, I think I was very young. I wouldn't encourage anybody to start to get married at 26. Maybe I was still young, maybe I was still childish. And then I was very, very, I had a, some childhood trauma that I felt I needed to fill in at that time. And then the time that I was dating him, when I was dating him, was married first. And, you know, married men, they'll sugarcoat things. They'll make you feel 
you're a princess. They'll make you feel on top of the world. They make you feel. Um, so that gap between the 21 and 26, he was he was before. I think he got divorced after four years that we were dating. I think, and so there was um, there was that hype. Your it was like a drug. I did want to pull out so many times, but there was like it was like a drug. And I needed that. When my boyfriend died, this man stepped up. And I didn't want to feel the pain. I didn't want to experience the pain that I needed to process. I didn't want to. So it was more like within a gap of six months, I became serious. I didn't really date him when I was 21, to be honest. It was like, oh, he's a married guy. He'll bring me money. Well, whatever. I'll go out with my friends, have drinks, come back. That's when I was now very invested in him because I didn't want to feel the pain. I was running away from the pain because when I was younger, I had been abused. So I, I think having had been traumatized before, I didn't want to relieve this trauma and the sudden death, it hits you a certain way because this person was coming to pick me up and was supposed to go somewhere that day. And this is a person that I'd known when I was young and we had plans. And, and so I didn't, at that point, I needed something to fill that void. And then when my daughter was born, the red flags were there. Okay. The red flags were there. First of all, the first red flag that I'll tell anyone, if you're dating a married man and you get married eventually, don't expect him to stop being that man who has side chicks. And so when I went in and I got married, you know, when you're a side chick, you feel you're the most important thing in the world. Like your body's sleek. Like for him to choose you over his wife, you're more intelligent. You, The devil will put you at a pedestal. And you convince yourself you're untouchable. And, you know, there's just that hype. I don't know how I can explain it. And so when you, you when you're feeling like that, like like if he's and then when you're dating a guy who's telling you about his partner or his wife's weaknesses, that's a very big red flag. And so when he's telling you all these things that she's failed, she's failed, she's failed this, she's failed that you 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 in your mind, you're thinking, I'm better. I can do better. Where she failed, I'll do it. Like she failed to do this, I can do it. I can handle this. I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. Being outside the house and being inside the house are two different things. Being outside the house and then building a home are two different things. Very different. And so when when we were dating, there was that hype. Okay, I'm the most beautiful, and I had these hips flat at me. You know the. <laughs> You take you shopping and, and you, you you think you buy me this car and you buy me that car. And so you just feel validated. You feel, I'm sorry to say this. And um, actually as a side chick, you've got no value. You don't value yourself. It's unfortunate. You may think that you've got it in control. You may think you're beautiful. You may think you may think you're in control. And th there's that moment in your life when you're at your peak. Actually, you have no value. What validates you are the things that this man will put on the table. And so when you go in and you get married, and then those things are cut off, 
because now this is the reality. The attachment goes. You used to go out clubbing every day. You can't club your married woman. And this is what you're used to. You are the one. He was the one picking you up. He was doing everything for you. He was taking you to hair salons and whatever. These men would table it out for you. To, it's like a trap. And once you fall into it, that's it. So you become, I always say I was married but single. Because you become so lonely. Because now reality hits in. And then now when tables are turned and he starts to now hunt because this is who he is. This is the spirit that he has. And when he turns now hunt for someone younger than you, better than you, because now you have a kid, you've got stretch marks, everything has changed. Your boobs are now attending to gravity. The insecurity is setting. And then other than that, when you have children, you as a woman, the love goes to children. You don't give him that 100%. It's a lie. You cannot give him that 100% attention. You have to split it. And this man is selfish. He's used to that person who's got the perky boobs, the perfect body. This is what he likes. So if he's leaving his wife for something younger, just know that his pattern. Once the damage is done, he moves on to the next thing. So that's what started happening. So now reality sets in. This guy is now looking for something better. And now my insecurity is starting. The weight again comes in. You've got a baby. You've got responsibilities. My dad's gone. Who spoiled me? Anytime I needed money, daddy, blah, 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 blah. It's not there. And then unfortunately, foolish enough, I dropped out of college because I needed to give this man attention and satisfy him. He was, and he was very narcissistic. So that was another problem that was there. So what starts with a lie ends with a lie. And then you, you start feeling lonely now. This is a man who is used to entertaining a certain group of girls. So now you're going for sports day alone. You're going for open day alone. You're going for, because it's not your, and, and then there was the age gap of 10 years. So he's go you're going for sports day. You're taking the child to the hospital alone. You're going for continental alone. You're doing this. Everything now becomes, you're alone because this guy is used to the hype. But you have to tone it down because you're a wife. This is what you wanted. And you know the way the devil works. It's more or less like he'll lure you in and then he'll do his hands. He'll go hands up. And now you're left to, to fend for yourself. So now you're a housewife. And all this damage has been done and you cannot go back to where it started from. And of course, when you're going through the side chick phase, there are people who warn you. They'll tell you, this guy you're going with H, A, A, B, C, D. This man is married, A, B, C, D. But you don't want to listen because you've got it in control. You're the beautiful one. You're you're in charge. He's driving, he's changing. I don't know. I, there's no car, I think. There isn't, what is it that I did not drive? Where is it that I did not go? Which holiday did I fly? Which country have I gone to? You know what I mean? So now you have to stay home. You have to take care of, and there's that resentment now starts coming in. And don't forget you're in a position where you cannot go back and cry over spilled milk. Who will I go to? Your mother told you this is not right. But if you want it, we'll give it to you. Your aunt told you this is not right. But if you want it, we'll give it to you. You cannot go to church because already people are whispering. She's a husband. So already you've got a title. And then now you cannot play with women who are married with integrity. 
because they're a threat. You've done it before to someone else. They want to protect what's theirs. So you end up with a group of the wrong friends now, okay? Because they have to satisfy, you, you can't, no man is an island. So you end up with a group of wrong friends who are in the system of doing wrong things because you need to fill that void again. So yeah, in, in a very, everything is just wrong. It's just wrong. And, and so you, 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 you grow apart eventually. And then for me, my aha moment was, I was lucky I went back to college. I went back, I did my nursing. I was doing marketing before I went back, I did nursing and interacting with people. When I was doing the HIV counseling and listening to people's stories, that was when my aha moment came in and said, this is not right. Now you're going back home and you're trying to change a 40 something year old man to make things right. What is so special about you that you have to make things right? That he has to change for you. What do you bring to the table? Why? This is who he is. You knew. And I remember there was a time that his sister, as we sat down, there was a talk concerning the same issues for the house. And she goes, but I'm saying it out. So why are you hurt? So she's just doing just what you did someone else. For, uh, translate for our people who are not uh, from Zambia. Our listeners. Oh, okay. Like so family, they said like, he was married. Yeah. Yeah, he was married before and he cheated with you. What's so special about you that you won't cheat again? Why are you crying now? You're crying for what? Then now you've got kids to think about. For me, it reached the point of depression, confusion, alcohol abuse, and it reached a point where now I needed to say, if my father was alive today, would he approve of this one? Two, is this the environment that I want my children to grow up in? Is this what I want my children to watch every day? Is this who I want my son to become? And then is this who I want my daughter to marry? The Africana Woman Personal Brand Course is currently enrolling for our next cohort. Discover your true self. Darling, it is time that you define your values, your purpose, your vision, and your mission. Don't just chase followers, lead them with authenticity. So join our next cohort at AfricanaWoman.com and unleash your unique potential today. Because as they say, charity begins at home. It's not about house chores. It's what they see. So I don't want my children to see a war zone every day. The luxuries were there, a big house, the maids, everything. Trust me, they were there. The fridge was always full. Everything was always provided for. But is this what is okay for my daughter, especially my daughter, to see? Is this what is okay for me raising a son? Is this what I want my son to believe is right? And then when I say I was married but single, a situation where this person is, um, he doesn't have your back. You know, like I said, you don't have value when you're a side chick. 
So even when you get married, there's that thing. I think that there is the level of respect is different. When I look at my friends who got married the right way and may, and they married a God-fearing man, their relationships are different. The level of respect is very different. I think it's a situation where when you cheat with someone, your value goes down. So don't expect them to start respecting you all of a sudden because you gave it away so easily. What's so special about you now? Yeah, so um, that fear, like he won't fear because he's got something to come back to. Like I, I left my first wife. What, what's so special about you? That I can't do the same thing to you. So the respect aspect is different. Even when you're going to address issues with, yes, you find Jesus along the way, you, you, you join a church. When you table your, your problems, the one who was married in the church and you who just comes in yesterday because you're reformed, the way you table your problems will be different. So my point is to the 21-year-old Shimbo, to the 21-year-old out there, it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. It's the 10, 10 years of luxury because you said you do it between the 20s and 30s. It's 10 years of luxury at that particular moment, but the price that you pay at the end of the day will be so heavy. It changes the generation to come, your next generation. It affects your next generation. And then it also affects your children because your children, the children that you have will have stepkids who, who, who they want to know how did, there was a day my daughter said, mom, don't we have wedding photos in here? Or mom, how did you meet dad? What do you say? How do you say it? So actually, it's action. Like in that case, what did you say? I told her, go and ask your dad. <laughs> I said, ah, I think go and ask your dad. He's the best person to, to and my daughter is inquisitive, but she went and she came back. I said, mommy, but I asked you a question. I asked you a question. I said, I said, go and ask your dad. And I think now, okay, now that she's older, I did tell her the truth, to be honest. I just thought, you know what, this is what happened. Though I didn't really go to the nitty gritties, but this is what happened. And that's why there's, a, there's like a, a beef somewhere there's a pink elephant or the white elephant in the room but this is what happened it's like oh okay and then she didn't ask me again i'm sure i you know when a child comes to ask you then they've heard something they just don't come to ask you so when a child but i try to tell my daughter like this is what mommy did this is not what mommy wants from you. This is what what mommy expects from you. Mommy made mistakes that I don't want you to go back to. And then when you're in, when you're when you're in in such a marriage, you're imprisoned because the options are limited. And then, like the Bible says, you reap what you sow. So I reaped what I sowed at the end of the day. It's just there. That's why marriage is very sacred. And you have to look at it from a biblical point of view. If I had to remarry today, the first thing is first. Let's go back to the Bible. If I'm a divorcee, he's a divorcee. What does the Bible say? If you're a widow and I'm a widow, what does the Bible say? And then who are you before God? 
Are you a man who submits to God? Are you a man who honors God? Are you a man who comes from a family? If tomorrow I'm in labor for 10 hours, you're going to go into fasting and prayer and say, we're going to stand in the gap for her. Because there's one thing, there's a difference between you going to church on Sundays and you submitting to God. I want a marriage where if there's an issue, let's say I find out you're cheating on me. Let's go back to the Bible. What does it say? Are you repentant about it? And then there's also in a marriage, it's not about saying sorry. And buy me roses. Are you repentant? There's a difference. Are you repentant to what you did to me or the actions that you have taken? How do you talk to me? Because the Bible is very clear. A woman will submit to you, yes. And then you have to treat your wife like a church. How did Jesus treat the church? Are you treating me like Jesus would treat his church? How are you treating me? So it's it's. It's, and then when you when you are when we talk about now uh, sex before marriage, which is something that I openly talk about with my daughter, um, when they speak of abstinence, there's a reason why everything in the Bible is said. Don't do this. Don't do that. Like I said, actions have good consequences. We're building altars. We're building a uh, sotai. Sorry. We're building a necessary so tight. That's come to bite us at the end of the day. So now you find this man who's married. First of all, he made a vow before God. And then he's got 15 side chicks who have slept with 100 men. You're making a so tight. What kind of demonic world are you going to live in? How do you expect your marriage to work out? There's a reason why they say abstain. Because if you're both clean and he's clean, and then you come together and you've abstained and you've stayed away, you, you carry, it's just you and me. In that marriage, there are no third parties. That's why it said a three-code tie. Okay? It's me, you, and God. But when we come in with, we've already done the deed. So all those demons that you came with and I came with, we sleep with them on the bed every day. How do we, how do we find a solution to our problems? How, how are we going to face the battles that come ahead? And then when we look at, the other thing we do is, I think when when they so we glorify cheating in Zambia. Men in Zambia glorify cheating. I've been with male friends who are like, ah, as long as I've left food in the fridge, she's got everything. Why would she call me? He's with a side chick. And then there's like a competition. Like the moment someone is married one year, two years, he'll have an affair. 90% of the time, Zambian men will have an affair. It's like a competition. He has to go to the club on the Friday or the bar, and he has to have this side chick who is sponsoring. It's, and then the, the other thing that puts me was jaw-dropping for me. I remember when I was doing my Ivana lessons, right? I hope I'm not going out of topic. But yeah, those, I was even just about to ask you because you said that, okay, so did you have like a white wedding? Because your, your daughter no, was talking. Uh-huh. Okay, so oh, then no. what did you do? Because, I mean, just to give context for um, people who are not Zambian, you know, when you get married, there's different um, ceremonies that you can yeah. do or maybe you decide yeah. not to do them. And yeah. um, one of them is um, traditional teachings, which yeah. are, are with people that they call Vanachimbusa. So yeah. um, 
yeah what what was what was the wedding what what did you do what did you decide to do we did the mateveto we did okay. the chirangamuniro then we did the teachings but the teachings were only for me he never did his teachings because he had been married before so there was no need for him to do the teachings so in this teachings <laughs> <laughs> to do the teaching. I think this like, one is the You failed the first time, and then you're like, "What? No, let me let me just skip this part because I've done it. You're, you've not been successful. Yeah. Like you so need to go this, back. This, this teaching, you. Hey, I think this one will be crucified by the Zambian crowd. This teaching, yeah. Um, it's good. It's bad. On both, I was lucky. I had one of the Wanachimbusas who every situation that should give me in there should attach a Bible to it. She would say, Proverbs chapter so, 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 this is what it says. And there were things, my mom's a Christian, so there were things that my mom would say, no, 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 that one, no. We're not going to do that. No, that one, I'm not going to do it. And that one, I'm not going to do it. And then I don't want to be crucified because I think, First, let's hear what people have to say. If they're interested in us going deeper on that topic, then we'll come back to it because they're going, hey, she's exposing things and stuff like that. And you know. <laughs> That's it. What happened when you went to Manachibusa? Yeah, so anyway, one thing that was a red flag for me, I remember this, there was a lady who came in who was one of the crew. And she goes, ah, every man, oh, I can't speak them, but so every man is the womanizer. And where we're going, she said, um, Ati, what? There was that um there was that boom advert a long time ago. Ati, Ati are going in for there was a term she used, Ati. There was a term that she used, like you're going in for war. <laughs> so expected. So for me, it was like, like, okay, like you know, they they tell you. This action that you're doing, there'll be problems that you find. Of course, there'll be problems with you. Every family has got different characters. There'll be, maybe you'll be, you want it. But there are certain things that they'll just, it was leaning more towards tolerance. Okay. Now, this tolerance always came back in a circle to this man cheating. Always at some point. Oh, no, even if he... If he goes out and does this and he comes back, smile for him, receive him and do whatever. Or even if he goes work and comes. So for me, I was like, let me come from a medical point of view. There's HIV, right? And it's real. And then you're telling me that this man can go out and come back and I cannot do this to protect myself. And I cannot do this to protect myself. After working on the HIV projects, I saw a lot of women fall prey to this infection because they had to follow these rules. And then most of the time, unfortunately, it was those that were not independent financially because they had nowhere to go. And I've been through that situation, okay? So it's very sad that we're coming up with a generation that will automatically tell them this is to be expected. Here, what I've noticed in the Western world, a man cheats once, it's very rare that they will ever reconcile and come back. The woman will file for divorce just like that. Why? Because there are certain laws that have been put in place that protect them. 
the child care, the child support, the spousal support and whatever, whatever they're, they're put in tides that at the end of the day, then if she divorces, I'm not, I'm not saying divorce is good and I'm not encouraging, let me not be taken wrong or out of context, but I'm just saying that I think we should change our mindsets of how we approach these things. You cannot, you cannot keep telling someone who's being beaten every day by the husband. It's aha. Remember the word she said, marriage is Shipikisha club. You translate it in English. She said, marriage is Shipikisha club. I don't know the best words to use in English. You can translate it. I'll throw it back the ball to you. And she said, marriage is Shipikisha club. You have to be strong. Yes. Challenges will come because that's uh, a covenant that you make before God. And the devil doesn't like to lose. But they're just certain things. Let's not tolerate it. And for me, mine was more uh, verbal, financial, psychological abuse. It was not physical. And then we under we we don't talk about such kind of abuse. I'm not taking the the I'm not trying to say to I'm not validating the women who've been physically abused, but I think in all contexts. Everything should be addressed as it is. When you're cheating on your spouse, that's psychological abuse. And I don't know how you expect. You keep making these meetings. You know, when I came here, I think 2021, we had two big incidences of people who are famous who are killed by their wives in, in Zambia. And one, I got the privilege of talking to someone who knew one of the girls who had done what she did. And she said, this girl last week, did talk about it. And she said, I'd rather kill him than keep going through this. Your children can't keep coming back to you and saying, mom, this man, even not sleeping at home, that's psychological torture. As much as you'd want to ignore it, a woman's intuition, the moment it's midnight, the husband is not back home. Zero one zero two. You start thinking, this person, if he dies, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? And then someone comes home drunk and starts mocking you. And you've been awake the whole night. You, you have, then you have to take care of the kids. And then these, these, we're teaching these girls, this man comes wherever he's coming from. You're not supposed to deny him his rights because that's what you call submission. And then do you understand the damage that you're doing to this person? psychologically do you understand the damage and then by 14 hours with social media someone is sending a text messages and saying they were sleeping they were with the husband at the lord somewhere and then this person had come back and this person had do are we understanding i think we should move with time and technology when it comes to the way we're addressing issues of marriage and how we're teaching these girls with the vanachimbus and whatever do you understand there was someone that i told who said that way, me, when I was married, my husband, he was a womanizer, blah, blah, blah. I just thought the time you were there, there were telephones and telegrams. For you to get information that he's got someone in Lusaka, it will take you five years. It takes me two seconds for, some, for me to find out any form of information. And I'm sorry, just because you are strong enough to withstand it, what you tolerate and how I tolerate things are different. It's like, oh, the way we're talking about grieving. How I grieve my dad is different from how my sister did it or how my brother did it or how my mom did it. We're different. So let's not 
force things. And this is more like you're suffocating someone. You're trying to make them, you're to make a triangle fit into a, a circle or a box. And then at the end of the day, when these girls explode and they're now doing what they're doing, I'm not saying it's right, but it, something is wrong somewhere when a person decides to get a knife or a gun or whatever and says, I'm going to off someone. Something should be wrong somewhere. This person is tortured and you have to dig deeper and find out what is going on. And you cannot tell someone who comes to the first time, oh, marriage, you have to be strong. It's a club. What are you saying to us? What, what message are you trying to convey to us? Then the other thing that I want to tell the parents out there, when your daughter is getting married, don't just say, oh, she's getting married to a good family just because they're they wealthy. No. How did they acquire the wealth? Where did they get the wealth? What are the patterns in that family? Because it's spiritual and both physical. If these people are going to go before God and make a covenant, what is the pattern? Is it a, a pattern? This they may be rich. What? How? How? What? What? What kind of a, 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 a husband was the father to their mom? Let the girl listen to what the guy is saying about his father and the mom. If this guy insults the mother every day, as much as they're a good family, what's the point? You know, we, we marriage is not about a white dress or how big your ring is. It's not about how people applaud you. People that day will come, they'll clap for hey, and they'll go. Then now you remain to face the music. Even if it's a Christian marriage, are you coming to a man who's going at the end of the day, if you gain weight tomorrow, he's going to say, I'm okay with it? Because at the end of the day, he's human, even as much as he holds the Bible. So how much tolerance is there? And the tolerance should not just be emphasized on the girl. Oh, you should tolerate, you should tolerate. What about the, the man? The guy should also be able to tolerate because we come with our own baggage as much as it comes. Don't, is, uh, oh, why, excuse me, if you ask most of these men, why did you cheat? Ah, she doesn't know how to cook. Okay. She doesn't know how to cook. Why can't you enroll her in cooking school or find someone who knows how to cook like your mom or tell your mom to come and teach her how you want the carpenter to be cooked? Very silly, silly excuses that they'll make. Oh, eh. Why did you cheat? Ah, she doesn't know how to answer me. Are you telling me the time you are dating, you didn't realize that Shimba is very talkative or Shimba is arrogant in the way she talks? Hey, sis. So I wanted to just stop the interview for a short second to let you know something very important. I think it is so, so, so vital that you invest in yourself and you can do that with an Africana woman retreat. Escape from the daily chaos and indulge in true rest. Treat yourself to a getaway where you are pampered as the queen that you are, and it's time to put yourself on your schedule. So schedule the rest you deserve to recharge your soul. Book your spot on an Africana Woman Retreat right now, and you can do that at africanawoman.com and gift yourself and your loved ones the best version of yourself. All right, back to the episode. The red flags are already set. So you cannot come and use my red flags against me at the end of the day and make my life miserable because you knew me before. That's why it's called courtship. You didn't just find me on the street overnight. It was not an organized or arranged marriage. So I'm, I'm coming back to the topic of abuse. Let's, let's 
let's address that on the table. Let's put it out there on the table. And then don't be so stuck up parents to a point where a daughter cannot come to you and cry and say, Mami Chulu, this is what is going on or this is what is going on. Don't be so closed up and traditional that a child cannot come back to you and say, this is what is going on, help me. And when someone comes to seek for help, usually it's because they've reached the end of the rope. And don't biblicize it. Oh, the Bible says that you cannot divorce, so eh, this thing cannot happen. But you're squeezing me. You're making this, you're frustrating this person. How do you expect something to work when two people are frustrated? Cancel them according to how far they can go. But if if nothing can be done, you reach a point of no return, then you've reached a point of no return. You cannot force it. You cannot force it at the end of the day. Stimba, like, like you said, you know, when we don't have the, the usual... um. Well, I shouldn't call it usual, but the the abuse that is visual, like people can see it or bruises yeah. or, yeah. you know, swollen parts, whatever, whatever. But to try and explain to families about emotional, mental, financial abuse, how do we get the point across? And then what is the thing that families do, can do? You know what I mean? Because I think, um, you know, especially as uh, as Zambians, Africans, you're not necessarily marrying the person. You're also marrying the family. You know what I mean? Yeah. So even when you're yeah. thinking about, oh, okay, am I going to break this off? You have to now go to have these meetings, like you mentioned earlier, when you had a meeting with the sister, you know, the sister was there telling you these things. But yeah, you have other people involved. But to get them to understand emotional, mental, financial, those types of abuses? Like, how do we get that across? Exactly. And that's where, when I say I want to advocate for it, that is where the, that's where the problem comes in. Because when you say, when you, when you talk about, let's say, verbal abuse, then you're nagging. And they go back and say, he who finds a nagging wife, blah, 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 they'll quote it. When you talk about psychological abuse, you're just a jealous person. When you talk about, because the scars are not there, but the question you pose is very good. And that's that's where the, the for me, I feel like when it comes to such a, Situation. It's not something that will be addressed by the family. It's something that you should, you should realize on your own. It's about educating women to know that this is abuse. This should not be how you're supposed to live. This is not normal. I think it's about addressing the person themselves and not having a third person, like a, a family person validated for it. you have to realize it yourself and it's all about vocalizing it and making people aware that this is actually abuse i didn't even know there was financial abuse until i i, I started going on platforms like hope for her global and listening to other people talk about it like oh okay so this is actually where a man does have the money but he doesn't give it to you and he gives you or he's got ten thousand quarts and gives you 100 quarts and expects you to make a budget that is abuse and 
all, the only thing, the only reason that we validate physical abuse is because the scars are there. And even the physical abuse, if you tell them he beats me and there's no scar, real, they want blood get, sh- gushing out of your head. If you just tell him he slaps me, ah, you even you are just nagging. You're just like complaining too much. It, 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 and then and then this thing of there was something that I hated. Ah. <laughs> Uh, or he he's he's let's say he's financially abusive, or you say he's psychologically abusive. Hey, you should learn to appreciate, learn to appreciate. You drive a Range Rover, you've got three maids, you've got see, a car. I'm I'm, you're draining me. I'm empty. I'm crying out to you. And the first thing as as families, my bottom line is if someone just brings in a problem from the words go nip it in the bud. Like take it seriously. Stop waiting for a bomb to explode. If someone comes out and says they are this is going on from if from my experience from that point start investigating what is going on and that's the way my dad was that i remember my dad the moment someone or his sisters comes and says this he would take it up from there he didn't wait for the bomb to explode he wasn't like that um so it's it's a matter of people have started validating material things more than they validate the the life of a person or the value of that life or how that person is actually living or what that person is going through they don't care uh, even you eh, why are you complaining eh, your husband he buys your your he pays your mom's rent he brings a b c d he blah 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 know you're dying so and then they'll start second guess. You start second guessing yourself. You start second guessing yourself. Anyway, let me just. But you've got kids with him. Why? Why? Why are you? He look at your children. They go to Simba. They are driving a blah blah blah. But you don't sleep at night. Hey, your the tears are your friend on a pillow. What? What is life? Is so short. Live it the best way that you can. And then. God says, I've got plans for you. So if this does not work, and then let's learn to accept the root of the problem and let's learn to accept how this relationship started. Let's learn to accept. I accepted this marriage was not mine. I got it from someone else. I don't expect better. This is who this person is. Before we kill each other, it's time for me to withdraw. Let's learn to accept our mistakes. Oh no, he's doing this, 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 this. And then let's learn to know our value. It doesn't matter how hard things are today. God is in control. I may lose the car, I may lose the house, I may, but I need my peace. Peace is very important. Even if I said, peace be with you. Peace is very important. I need my peace. I, I need to sleep. You know, the, the studies have even shown that the high rate of cancer is due to the stress that you go through. That is one of the causes of cancer. So your health is more important. It's hard at that moment. It, it seems difficult. But at the end of the day, God will always have a way of making a way to. He always have a way. People think that I had my foot through the door or I'm, it's easy for me to say it all because you, 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 you did this or because you, uh, people think I had 100 million in my account when I walked out. Or, trust me, I was just... I just moved out with my faith. 
I just said, God, you're in control. I know I've got two children. I'm leaving them behind. But I can't do this. And I need my sanity. And I need time to, to sort of refuel my body. I need this. I can't. Because I'll either die or kill someone. Or I can't function. I'm not functioning. I can't function like this. This is not what you you gave me the, the responsibility of these children. This is not what I want them to know as life to be. So when, when you bring these problems in front of the family, please take them seriously. From the word go, and that's what I'm saying, let's advocate more about it. Let's talk about it. Let's table it about. Let's take, And where does the problem come from? For me, it's Vana Chimbus. That's why I go back. I say, when you're teaching, tell these girls, don't tell them where you're going is Shipikisha Club or you have to be strong. It's not supposed to be like that. From the root, tell them, my dear, if you see this, 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 life is short. Too. If this is what is going to happen, life is short. Yeah. So, Chimba. Feel free to come and express yourself. Yeah. There's a statistic about, um, uh, about people that are in abusive relationships that it takes at least, uh, I think it's on average about eight or seven or eight tries for them to try and leave that relationship yeah, before they finally yeah. do. Yeah. Is that true? Because I know that's probably for like um, physical abuse. Is that true for um, psychological? Abuse you know? is abuse. Let me tell you uh, something. The one which is actually psychological is from a narcissist most of the time. So, and they know how to pick their prey. That's what I always say. So, they know how to pick their prey. If they find someone who's Africana woman director, I don't think someone can come and marry you and start abusing you because they know you're aware already. So it's more or less like they groom you. So there was like like I said, you, you you they meet you young. They for every new car that I got, there was an incident that happened. And then they see your weaknesses. Okay, this person, she likes material things. So this is how I'm going to use her. Or this person, she likes to travel. So this is how I'm going to use Or this person, the family depends on her for me to take care of their bills. The brothers are going to university. They need to go to university. They need to. So this is how I'm going to abuse her. Or this person is a housewife. She likes the idea of having her kids by Simba and whatever. So she's going to stick around and sit here. Or this, so they know. So it's a situation where I would leave. Then I don't have gas in my car. My daughter needs to go to school. This person took me out of college. My friends will laugh at me. I've left this. If I leave this gap, you're already insecure that the fact that you grab the marriage from someone or someone else will grab. So if you leave this gap, someone else will come in my house. So you go back. The cycle starts. This person will come, maybe even follow you at your mother's house, bring roses, apologize, blah, 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 blah. Because he knows you love money, he'll give you money. Or because he knows he knows your weaknesses, he'll work on it. Or that you'll keep having this. For me, it was like, how many times are we going to have the same meeting over and over again? This person apologizes, he says, I'm sorry, blah, 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 blah. We go back. Again, blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry, blah, 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 blah. So a light bulb has to go out. Fam. A light. There's a certain light that just has to go back. How did the light bulb come off? For me, it was through prayer. For me, it was through interaction. And for me, it was being in the right crowd or the right group of women eventually. They're not feminists, no. They're not saying divorce is right. But they're just saying, what is best for you? Do you want to live 30 years of misery? Because it's not about how many years you spend in a marriage. 
it's about how that marriage transpired. How was it 30 years of happiness or 30 years of nonsense? And then don't forget that the way you raise your children, what they see is what they also reflect in the in their own marriages. So the next generation, you're training them for the next generation. So is this a cycle that is going to continue? Is this what is going to be felt as right? You see? So yes, I did go back so many times. So many times. Until you get fed up. Mm. You do go back. Because there's, some, there's a hook. Mm. There's a hook somewhere. And like I said, like the devil comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. So he, there's a manipulation there. There's just something. You, it, it's not that you're weak. And that's a problem. When you're being abused, you think you're weak. But you're not weak. You're just vulnerable. And it's okay to accept that at this moment, I let my guard down and this is what happened. You see? So it's not as a, you find that a pregnant woman is being beaten. If you interview them and you enter, number, who's going to buy clothes for the new the baby when it comes? Who's going to pay for me at Mary Beg? Who's going to blah, blah, blah. She'll give you an excuse as to why she's holding on. Because there's no other solution. And then if you're, if you're in a situation, like I said, where you, you did this, you, you got married to someone who was, who was married and this is what you did. Which aunt is going to tolerate you in, your, in her house with your two kids? You come packing. We told you, we told you, you go to Chulu. Chulu has got her own life. We told you, we told you. So, so yes, you, you're, you're stranded. You look left, you're stranded. You look right, you're stranded. But what I'm saying is, first things first, like I said, between your 20s and your 30s, teach your children, your girl child again to be independent so that when situations like that arise, she knows what to do. She has a backup. I wanted, when someone is dating sugar daddies as we best, for best, for lack of a better word, or whatever is being used, or you're a side chick or whatever at that time, we are trying to live a life that we have not worked hard for, and shortcuts will kill you. You're trying to, Chulu has worked for 20 years and she's got a broken bag. I'm 21, I want the broken bag. I want the Mercedes Chulu is wearing. You don't know what Chulu, there has to be sacrifice at some point. Even for us to be saved, God had to sacrifice his own son. For anything good, there has to be sacrifice. For you to hold that baby in your arms, it's nine months of pregnancy, labor, then you hold. But you want to skip it. We want to just get born today and start walking. You cannot allow someone to skip. Let them go through the phases. Go to do what you have to do. Be independent. Let's teach our children to know how to be independent at the end of the day, so that they know how to and to be well, 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 be well educated about what is coming. And let's teach them facts and the right things. Don't start off something in a negative way. No. Okay. Uh, you know, one of my, um, I guess, I don't know if it's pet peeves or one of the things that I'm always talking about is um, how we talk to our children, what we talk to them about, um, yeah. and when we talk to them, right? Because you find that uh, a child goes through, you know, whether they're very young, through teenagers, and then the parent has never addressed sex, has never addressed money has never addressed you know real life situations like yeah but like you mentioned earlier like you talk to your daughter i don't know how old she is right now but she's 14 she's now 14 
like when did you um start having you know conversations with her which you know that okay these are life lessons and then how do you approach it because you find that a lot of people are like i'm too scared you know what i mean to yeah yeah no that's i understand yeah i remember my daughter when i was pregnant with her brother and then she came i always told she always she asked me mommy okay my daughter is very inquisitive so she goes mommy how did you become pregnant? I said, I went to ShopRite. Your dad gave me a lot of money. I went to ShopRite and I bought it. She said, don't lie. Page. I remember she told me page 39 of the son's book said that you did bad manners. And she looked at that way. For me, that was like, okay, now we need to have the conversation. And I think she was, how old was she then? There's a six year difference. She was nine, eight, nine, somewhere, eight, nine. Yes, schools are educating them. But we're going with times. I remember there was someone who told me something. He said, if Jesus came back today, let's say he's born today in our era, is he going to wear sandals and a robe or he's going to wear trousers? Because this is the time that he's come in. So the point that person was trying to put across was that we need to move with time. Like I said, when our parents were growing up, there was no technology, nothing. These phones that we're giving our children, we don't even know the things that they're watching. So this is, I think, let's just break the wall to believe our children don't know half of the things that they know. They know. And then when you want to start, be, be a parent when it's time to parent and be a friend. Try to be as much relax as a parent has. don't be too timid with this generation that we have if you're so strict the way they were strict on us beating us uh, whipping us you can't do that to this generation there is a it's a total a whole new generation that we just have to change things they're exposed to so much that you're not exposed to if i needed to talk to children in dollar i had to run home to a land phone or that post office now they have got access, even on TVs, what they are watching is different to what we're exposed to. We just had ZNBC then. Today they've got thousands of channels on DSTV, thousands, even at school, the things that they're hearing or seeing. So they are maturing faster than we are. So there's no there's nothing like I'm fearing because it will cost you at the end of the day. You're fearing today, but do you want another person to for me? It's like I don't want another person planting the wrong seed in my children. I would rather plant what I believe in myself than another person planting. My daughter will even challenge you. If you come and tell her, mm, I don't think so. Let me ask mom. I don't think that's what uh, mom said. Even now that they're back home, um, if something happens, she'll email me to find a way to call me and she say, mom, A, B, C, D, B, C. But I said, no, is that right? And then if I was the one in the wrong, I'll outwardly say, no, actually what you were told is okay. What I told you, or I'll add on to it or I'll subtract onto it. And we have that conversation. You can't, this generation, you can't afford to be so tough with your children and strict. And you can't go out at, at this. And you just have to be open. Let them tell you what they are feeling and then direct them to what's best. But you can't control. Not this generation. Yeah. So, you know what? I feel like there's definitely... There's definitely like a part two in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many parts. I'm sure. Yeah, there's so many. There's not actually parts two. There are so many branches that you can come up 
like from this is just a platform and i feel like let people say what they 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 think and then what mm-hmm. what they highlight the most could yeah. be, because we can talk about a teenage child we can teach a girl how to find her independence and not fall into the trap of these married men we can also teach a woman to go deep like the chimbus i think that's why i said it depends on what questions people ask it can always backfire and tradition will always be tradition and, and i respect tradition so what do people what do people want to say what 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 how far do they want us to talk about it because we can go deep if we want to but we don't want to step on the right. snake on the road. and then we can also talk about just in general what it is what are the red flags and you know statistics show most african men because of their ego respect me respect me respect me are narcissistic in nature so we can talk about the red flags if you find someone who's narcissistic in nature we can also talk about um what's the best partner we're not saying we'll find someone perfect but how is i think today in this day and age there's a certain there are certain qualities that define a gentleman. There are certain qualities that should be there. And in this day and age, for me, it's all about his faith first. If someone does not respect prayer, I don't know how where they get their direction from. If someone does not respect authority in a religious form, I don't know where they're getting there because I want to challenge you to say, oh, true, okay, that's what you said. Okay, I think Romans chapter four says, or Revelations chapter six says, I think that's the kind of relationship that I want. I don't want the, and then we can also talk about in-laws being too involved. That's another topic that we can talk about. In-laws being too involved. Let's not be too involved. Let's give these people space. People need their space where they were finding each other and saying, I love you, or lying to each other, and whatever it is. You are not there. Why, why are you so judgmental? Why are you prognosing all the time? What, what is your problem? Don't you have things to do? Don't you have something to keep you busy? Go and sell tomatoes, find something. What keep mind your own business, let them grow, let them make their mistakes. And that's, a, that's another very big issue. In-laws are the ones who have got a problem, especially if this person is a breadwinner. They already, I've, I, there was at a point where I felt my in-laws were waiting for him to die and grab. You know, like they were just waiting for him to die and grab. There was a point where I felt like that, like that. They, the way they were talking, it's like they're already preparing for, for how they'll scatter everything. The direct, they won't tell you directly, but it's more or less like that. Hey, you are not there when he made this. You are not there when he did this. Hey, we'll see. We'll see. We'll go first. They're talking. It's like they're already preparing. They will insult you. Oh, you're growing too fat. You're eating his money. But, but what do you want me to eat? And then men, stand your ground. You've married this woman. She carries your children or she doesn't carry your children. Yeah, Defend her to the core. This is your partner. The, the Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing and he'll find favor in the Lord. So why, why change? Why, why change? I don't understand what change. Why change? Why do you have to change? Why do you have to listen to what people have to say? Even you yourself, you're not perfect. Just honor her. Make her feel validated. Women, they say women are complicated. Personally, I don't think women are complicated. You just make us complicated because of the things that you do. 
because most men are 50 years old and acting like their shoe size. And then you want me to, 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 to teach you to be a man, the job that belongs to your mother. You want me to now come and teach you. You are 50 years old. You are tuned to something. You want me to, how? You are 30 years old. You, you, now you want me to start teaching you why they certain way. And of course, don't expect her to be perfect. My mom always says, how you grew up, the uterus that you were born, you, you were generated in and my own, different. That's why we've got two different DNAs. What matters now, the things that we put together, the children, or there are no children, even if there are no children. If your wife does not have children, don't go around to be the first person. And if there's something that I hate, it's those men who find a side chick and they start talking negative about their wife. Yeah, I used to intervene. It used to be my fight. Like, if you want to cheat, just cheat. In silence. Graciously, I just say, oh, hey, cheat. Nice. You've got that opportunity. Why should you start talking negative about someone who's doing your laundry at home, ironing your clothes? At what point are you going, what are you ever going to appreciate in life? What are you ever going to appreciate in life? When are you going to just say, eh, now I'm getting wired up. I don't really know. It's so, so. There's a lot. There's a lot. Oh my gosh. It's a lot. I'm and you know, I, lot. today has been great. I think people have definitely picked up. I, I'm sure you picked up one thing, guys. But if there's definitely much more that was said that is gold. Um. Okay. So in Africana Woman, we've got a saying which is know your roots, grow your purpose. So I'm going to ask you four questions just as we're winding down and you tell me whatever it is that you, whatever comes up. Okay. okay. So the first one is what are you rooted to? My faith. I'm rooted to my faith and prayer. That has kept me sane. And the level that I've reached in my faith now, if I had this 20 years ago, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Mm. Okay. I'm rooted to my faith. What um what are your favorite ways to nourish your mind, your body, and your soul? Meditation, prayer, and trust me, I've I had to go through therapy and that's another thing that i did in zambia i've noticed i've noticed i've seen an office which says therapy like here here it's a lot there's a lot of therapists that you can go to so i i i need to have my therapy every two weeks i have to see my therapist and that builds a balance because like i, I said i was losing my mind so therapy and i love if I need to rewind, unwind meditation, I like to meditate and think about where I'm going. I, I'm trying by all means not to go back to where I'm coming from, but to plan tomorrow and not look at my yesterdays. There was a saying that I, I once found a paper in my dad's office and he, my dad's drawers and he said, my yesterdays are gone. My tomorrow is not known, but I have today. So I'm rooted in my faith for today and I plan I look forward to my tomorrow. I don't allow my battles of yesterday to define my tomorrow. Like my tests of yesterday are today's testimony. And um, apart from that, the other thing that I, I like to do is shopping. <laughs> and I, I love to work. 
as a caregiver. I love to work. I'm a nurse, but here I'm working at the, I, because it gives me it gives me a sense of purpose, especially when my satisfaction comes in when someone comes in so ill and they walk out a better person. And that interaction, it makes me grow in the way I think. And that exposure also makes me grow. And it it exposes me to, to life in general. Like, what do I value? What, you know, like, Especially working with geriatrics, which is the elderly, right? It it has made me change my mindset in so many ways. My mind was more materialistic, like, oh, how many bags I have. And then I've worked, I've had the privilege of working with the first, she was the first, although she's late, late may her she was the first um, dermatologist here in Canada. I had one who was the first uh, on the to work on the stock market and I've had very rich. And then when they're older, they're in a one, not that they can't afford it, but that's what they need. They're in a one bedroom, beautiful flat or apartment and just a few clothes. So the pictures will tell the story. And for me, it's amazing. Their pictures will tell a story. They have traveled the world. They were famous, magazine covers, whatever. But at the end of the day, everything's so compact. Like you don't need so much for you to be happy. And that's what I thought. I thought it's how many, how many dresses I had, how many cars I packed outside. No, you don't need so much to be happy. And they are so content. And when you ask them, if you look at the houses, these people have had mansions like real housewives of whatever, Beverly Hills, whatever you want to watch. But when there's a time in life, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, when they reach that top, all they just need is peace, a peace of mind. So for me, a peace of mind. And what makes my peace? No, what you hear is very important. What you allow in and what you allow out. That's why you see me on and off Facebook. It's not because I'm crazy, but because sometimes when I start here, you you listen, but don't allow it to be noisy. What do I mean? It's not every dog that every dog that barks that you have to give attention to. So you listen to what people say, but don't allow it to be too noisy or crowded. I don't allow that. So I'm very sensitive to who I talk to, who gets my number, who 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 I share things with. I used to be very vocal. I used to share things, even even my marriage. I, I was open to, but now I'm I, I find that that balances me out a lot. And I look forward to traveling. Hopefully start traveling. I'm still trying to settle some. I hope I love seeing something new. Serene. And I hope I join Africana woman on one of their beautiful trips. Like, you know, if you guys took me to Dubai or Abu Dhabi. <laughs> yeah. What's the next question? Awesome. Oh my gosh. When you, you said, wait, I need to go back. The pictures will tell the story. Oh my God. I was just like, please. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Do you have a weakness that has become a superpower? Yes, definitely my mouth. Um, I used to talk a lot. I used to share too much. And I that's that's the other thing. I'm not saying that I was perfect in my marriage and he was not. It takes two to tango. 
and i think that one of my weakest my weaknesses was i shared too much of my i couldn't i'm not that person who will keep it in i'm i'm very an extrovert but i didn't know when and i told the wrong people most of the time and so i received bad advice as well which also um made me make bad decisions but now it's become a my voice now or my mouth i use it now to say things that are more positive and to try and build someone else and also i use my voice or my mouth to make to to try and speak to those that are upcoming so i don't want anyone to make the mistakes that i made so now it's become my superpower and like i've always verbalized you that i hope one day i can have a book written i think that's why i express myself more than being vocal i want it to be written so that tomorrow even if i'm gone someone would be able to say on page five this is what i learned or this is what i i i i achieved or something that they can go back to so that's how i want to use my voice it's no longer about and i was that kind of person who didn't filter what came out if it's black it's black if it's white it's white i'll tell you as it is um it made me lose opportunities because i thought i was better than and then angry people like to hurt others so my mouth my voice was not always um i never say the best things and you know when you say something you can't take it back that's the problem so i burnt bridges that were not supposed to be burnt and i built some and i burnt some so it was 50-50 so what what do you know as a certainty right now in my life for certain for sure i know that god is in control and i don't have to worry about my tomorrow and it doesn't matter how many times you kick me when i'm down his eyes on the sparrow like i don't worry anymore there were so many things that used to i was going through depression i was having anxiety i don't it takes a lot it takes a lot like i said i used to talk a lot that was just a camouflage of me trying to protect myself in zambia we say nkakai nalinkak and my eyes would tell you nalinkak but it takes a lot to to pull me down you got to you try but it will take you have to bring your a game nothing really it it yeah it it really takes a lot for you to i used to take things personal and then i'm that kind of person who attaches myself to people and so if you say today shimba i'm done i'm walking away not just relationship as in marital or whatever or just friendship i will respect your space if you say today or oh, you block me on facebook or and if you come to me with negative energy or negative words or i see because being abroad people are, are opportunistic they want to abuse me because i'm a giver 
I love to give. I'm very philanthropic. And so people take advantage of that. When you do that, any red flag, I'll cut you off just like that. I used to give people second chance. And then I would think on behalf of a person like, maybe Chulu did that because she needed to. Or I'll start second guessing. what The moment you just do whatever I have to do that will hurt me, I'll just cut you off. I used to give people excuses and that allowed toxicity around me. Now I don't. So one thing that I'm very sure of is my sake. You won't shake me. You can't shake me. I love it. I love it. So, Chimba, when is this book being written? How are we supposed to support? I gave you the assignment. I gave you the assignment because I told you I don't read. I don't. <laughs> so you can't even. You're not going to come back with that. Uh, you can't even come. I don't write. Oh my god. I don't like to write. So that one is your homework. I did. I I have been approached by a certain author. It doesn't come cheap though. Um, and like I said, she also told me if you had to write a book, and that's funny enough, my ex, my soon to be ex, has always said, you know, that if you wrote a book about your life, it would be very interesting. That I'm telling you, he says that all the time that I would read your book. I would really read your book because there are certain things that I've done which are very crazy. But first, I want to adjust to the platform. There, there, I'm going to tell you one funny story. I don't know if this this will be, should be published. <laughs> I was so, I think just to break the ice, I was so mad. If you ask me the craziest thing I've ever done, now I've remembered. I was so mad. I was going through his phone. And then this girl sent me a message and this girl sent me a message and this girl sent me a message and he was responding and you know that you know there are girls who are hunters right they'll go to your whatsapp they'll go to your messenger they'll send numbers because they know he's got the money so what i did i made a whatsapp group and i made him an administrator and myself and then i i, I pre-typed first in my word i wrote Monday, I'm giving responsibility. I'm going to give you each responsibility. Since you want to share this marriage with me, I'm going to give on Monday, this one should come and wash this. On Tuesday, this one should come and do this. On Wednesday, I feel if you're part of this group, just know you're part of the cheating. <laughs> and then what I did, and then what I did was I set up this group. You know, I knew they were going to disappear in a second. I put, I said, on this group, just know you're part of the cheating committee. And then um, I made him administrator, and he went online. And, you know, you can tell Pierre Green, Green, the green, the blue ticks. Is it green, blue ticks, green ticks? And then he came back home, and I was so happy. Welcome back, blah blah. And I, up to today. Even if he hears this, I've never asked him and he's never asked me. But he was so uneasy. Like everything that I would ask for, I got that week. It was like I hit the jackpot, but I never addressed. And I think the thing is, he was expecting a war when he comes back. Hey, blah, blah, blah. That's that's world. That, that, that. Nothing. I never, I never, I never, I never, um, <laughs> and I pretended I didn't do it. And within five minutes, people started leaving. And I said, Good, serves you right. And I think that was, you know, reach a point where that's why the Bible says God fights your battles, right? You fight. 
you you fight you you insult you call this girl you i've never done the whole cocaine thing that's that's what i said no no and my mom always says okay whoever makes that mistake and i'm going to the police station i'm not coming there because one day you think you are going because you're big you go after and then you find a small crazy one who just grabbed you <laughs> so that i never did but um uh it's 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 a situation where you fight with words you fight physically you you text these people stay away you go to the relatives use and then at the end of the day you just find you're just consumed with anger and they say anger is like drinking poison and expecting your enemy to die you lose sleep you're so stressed you're, but the moment you just give it to god and say god i'm done and that's the moment that that's, Oprah Winfrey said, when you find your aha moment, that was, I just said, God, I'm done. I leave it to you, Jesus. I lay it at the cross at your feet. I'm just done. I can't do this anymore. I'm going to die or be killed. I can't do this. The moment you just say, I'm done. God just has a way of, and the beginning is, 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 is tough because the devil wants to draw you back. The devil wants to draw you back. So he'll bring this challenge. You start, maybe I go, maybe, 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 maybe this, maybe, maybe, maybe let me do this. You do all these sorts of, all these silly things, going to the witch doctor. They give you, your friend gives you a little portion to put in the porridge so that your body is warm and hot. All that nonsense. You do all that. There's nothing that you can teach me that we have not seen or done. And so the only answer and the peace, God, when you reach that point where you leave it all to God, everything just it's tough it comes tough you're tested first you're tested you test the waters i always remember the story of jesus when i'm having a tough time when he was on the boat and the boat was rocking and he, he, it's not as if the boat was rocking he he did feel the boat rocking right but he didn't awaken until the disciples woke him up and said master and that's when he comes the storm so you will go through that rocky stage. It's not as if God has left you. He is on the boat. Jesus is on the boat. He is going through the storm with you, but he needs you to tap and say, Master, here I am. And everything just starts to play out. All right, girl. We're going to end there on that note. You look like you're, you're about to cry. <laughs> I love it. I'm getting emotional on me. Thank you huh? so much. Oh my God. Thank you so, so much. It's been amazing. Amazing. Anytime. Anytime. <laughs> it's been a lovely time. And it's it's also good to talk about it. You know, when you talk about it, it's like you're venting. So yeah. even for me, it's a it's a healing process. Yeah. It's a healing process. When you talk about it, and that's why I keep saying women talk about these issues, but make sure you you use it lands on the right ears. Make sure it lands on the on the right ears talk about it it makes it makes things easier and better a problem shared is a problem solved and like i said and i emphasized in the beginning i was not perfect i had so many faults i did so much nonsense which we can address when it's time to address me i'm open to say to tell you these are the things that i did i don't hide it but talk share and i thank you that you have a platform like this one where someone can come and Hopefully someone will learn one or two things and people can be able to share and you can save a life. It's actually not about people listening. It's about saving lives because you don't know what the other person is going through on the other end. Sometimes someone just needs a word and everything just changes. So thank you.
Such and congratulations on your win. I'm waiting for the check. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that the best way to support Africana women is to share the podcast? Yeah. Please send this to your sisters, your girlfriends, your mothers, aunties, everybody. Send it to them. Please do share it. And that's how we will start getting important conversations to the people who need it the most, right? So, hmm, what did you think? See, I appreciate that Chishimba speaks freely about her life, including the mistakes. We all make mistakes, but we should not have to suffer for the rest of our lives because of them. I think most people hide their bad decisions and try to pretend that they never happened at all. Instead of making peace with it and accepting that there is a version of you who did those wrong things, but now that you know better, you do better. And then forgiving yourself for that period in your life. It's not easy, but I invite you to have that kind of unconditional love for yourself. Girl, Chimba brought up so many topics. So I need you to find us on social media at africanawoman.com or rather Africana Woman, okay? That's on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. And let us know which topic resonated with you the most. I want to hear back from you. We want to hear back from you. So let's keep the conversation going. Please give Chishimba her roses because that is what we do here, okay? <laughs> so Africana Woman is part of the Africana Woman Network. Catch you next week. My name is Chulu and I'm your host. <laughs>